0: Well, hello there. You uh, join us for episode 12 of Mel Rogers Quilting and absolutely delightful it is to have you along in the old quilting nook. Uh, we are virtual nooking today. Obviously, we're still on lockdown, but that doesn't stop us, Bush, does it? It doesn't right. stop
1: us. We're in too deep. Aren't we too deep? Are we in too deep? We are in too deep. We're isn't in too
0: a, deep. Isn't that a Jennifer Rush song or something? In <laughs> too deep, deep, I'm good quilting, a bad name. I've totally mixed up the songs there. Two you know your three songs it. in
1: there, but that's fine.
0: Bushingtons, are your little nimble quilting fingers ready for this? Are we ready to go?
1: Got myself a thimble, ready to rock.
0: Let's get quilting. Put your needle on the threader. Put your, <laughs> needle, on threader. Put your needle on the threader. Put your needle on the thread. Do <laughs> you like that, Bushy? I really like that. that. Was, I like uh, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, a good way to start episode 12, which is where we are
1: at, my friend. Wow, no way, not episode 12.
0: Yes, episode 12. Who... Sorry, just trying to... um me lick, Lick the cotton to get it through the old needle. Technical term. Put the needle on the threader. Do you know what? It's 12 episodes in. That is 12... That's 12 lifetimes of quilting. Still can't thread a needle, mate. <laughs> Literally. I try and get up the saliva. I go... Like that. Try and get the saliva up to, to then coat the end of cotton. Does nothing. Does nothing for me.
1: Nothing. There's like an optical illusion that happens when you think... Maybe there's a technical term for this in the world of quilting where you think yeah. it's going through the eye of the needle, but in fact it's like a mirage.
0: Isn't that disappointing? Isn't that disappointing? And then you pull on the aforementioned bit of thread yeah. and there's nothing. It like comes there. away from the needle. It's almost saying, what I are you know.
1: doing, mate? It's nowhere near. It's like, a, it's like a centimetre away. I mean, come on. <laughs> I've, got, I've got real mirage problems. The face the face you pull as well when you are trying to get the needle through the eye I don't know about the. I can see your face actually through the video. You've got a similar face to me. You go cross-eyed slightly a little bit. Same with me. We've both got glasses on as well, so we look like a, you know like a pair of old people at the front of the queue in a post office looking for their change. Yes. I thought I had a yes. fiver in here somewhere. Let me have a quick look a second. I I like to the to
0: you're Sunday in Liverpool.
1: Love. That's great. Hello there. Just That's got to great. the front of the queue. Can I have uh, two first-class stamps, please, love? And I want to send this to Tenerife. Got family over there, you know.
0: (laughs) That's real Beatles voice. That's real Beatles voice. Can I just say, uh, we've set out, just briefly... We've set up Film Club in lockdown, as I'm sure a lot of people are doing. Ooh. So everyone in the household gets to choose a film and it's called Film Club. And we get quite excited. We have a little popcorn maker. We make some popcorn. We get the snacks ready. Oh. I brush off the DVDs because we're not streaming. We're on DVDs. <laughs> um, I've I've alphabetized my DVDs as well, which I loved. Our I loved that. That took half a day. Oh, I loved it, man. Anyway, uh, my film club the other night. So I thought, great, let's have a little doc. Let's do a doc. Uh, we did the Beatles documentary, the Ron Howard documentary, eight days a week. Oh, oh. my days.
1: Have I, you seen it? I, I don't think I have, you know. I think I might have seen I clips did. of it. Is it quite, like, iconic, quite a legendary it, documentary?
0: Oh, it's so... So good. It is so, so good. I love the Ruddy Fab Four. I know I'm sort of 50 years too late, you know, to get on that bandwagon, but the Beatles, I really love the Fab Four.
1: What, what era Beatles is the documentary? Is it kind of like um, both sharing the same From microphone, shaking their hair type era?
0: Yeah, it's it's from super early Shaky Hair days up till uh, Sergeant
1: Peps. Who's the most dashing of the Beatles? Right, right back at the beginning, as far as you're concerned,
0: it's always George for me. Always George right the way Ooh. through. He's such a gent. He really holds back. He doesn't try to sort of hog the limelight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just really laid back and funny and dry and. Kind of looks like he doesn't really care that much. I'm sure he did. And I love all that stuff that when he got in with Ravi Shankar and all that, oh, all the Indian influence. I love George. I love him. He's so cute. And he's also got the worst teeth. Of course, this is the days before pop stars were all having their ruddy teeth done. And uh, they've got wonderful, real old GB Nashers. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah, I reckon our American listeners will, will be, is it? Do you think that's a thing? Like people who are listening to this podcast right now in America, and th- hello to all of our American listeners, oh, is the English hello. teeth thing like a thing, do you think? Definitely,
0: mate. Oh, Have that... you seen the state of our teeth, the national state of our teeth? Yeah. And I know we're sort of, get, there are quite a few people that are getting the old white. Um, who am I to talk? I've got a bottom brace on as we speak.
1: Oh.
0: Um <laughs> So, you know, I've gone down that slightly midlife crisis, uh, you know. Uh, have you had braces, Bushy?
1: I had braces, braces? back when I was a kid. So I used to love the thing where you could uh, turn the entire plastic shell of it round in your mouth and eat the food that was trapped on the back of it, like when you'd oh! had toast earlier on in the day. Ooh, I used to love that. It was like a little meal oh. within a meal.
0: Oh, like a sort of surprise meal that you yeah. didn't know you had.
1: Like a like How a patted food? down flat bit of pre-munched toast.
0: A patty? A, very yeah, a little patty. Oh, Bushington! But you,
1: you, you weren't tempted to go for the full on. What do they call that when they actually put like a tooth on top, a pretend tooth? Oh,
0: Teeth. like a veneer. A
1: veneer, yes.
0: Oh, I'd love a veneer. Because
1: you know what? You know when- our friend of the show, uh, Sean Ryder, who donated one of his shirts to us earlier on from the Happy Mondays. Yes, he's had oh. full top and bottom full dashes, veneers, and they are. You can, you know, you can hear that <sighs> slight whistle when someone talks. and <laughs> they've got veneers in, so it's a bit like so. Manchester,
0: Manchester
1: can hear them clopping around.
0: So hang on, every single tooth in his head is a veneer.
1: 100% all completely buffed up.
0: So he would have had, this would this would have been the operation that he'd have gone through, he'd have had every single tooth filed down into a sort of Nosferatu spike. Oh, my lord. And lo- then a falsie um, wedged up onto each spike. I think that's how they do it, mate.
1: You're joking me. Is that, that- how they, genuinely how they do it?
0: Yeah, well, I think so. I think so. Well, if you just have a covering over something that's fairly scraggle, Peggy, it's not going to look any good. He's got to take it right back to the spike. I would have thought. So ask him, mate. You're good friends with him. I'll, have, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll dial him up and ask him. So, if you've gone for um, veneers, yes, there's no going back because your your actual real no. teeth look like someone out of a Hammer horror movie.
0: Yeah, they 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 no longer exist. I think, I mean, I might have got the science a little bit wrong, but I think that's how it works. Bushy, can I just say, um, today, uh, in episode 12, I really think it's time that we got Hugh Grant in the mix. Is that all right? Because I've got this amazing um, T-shirt here that was sent to me by Comic Relief. The very lovely, fragrant Emma Freud at Comic Relief sent me, for the podcast, she's a fan, she's a fan. Oh, bless you! bless Um, her. She sent me this... uh, T-shirt, it's a comic relief T-shirt from when they remade Love Actually. Do you remember when they did that? Oh, yes, amazing,
1: absolutely amazing.
0: And um, they have a picture on the T-shirt of Hugh Grant. I'll show you on the camera there. There he is, looking sideways at Martine McCutcheon with big a big red nose on. Very
1: dashing. He's getting more dashing by the year, isn't he?
0: Mate, it's the Gary Barlow effect. What it the is. heck is going on? I mean, Granty gets more attractive as each year passes.
1: He certainly does. I, mean, I interviewed him last year for my radio show, and um, he i quite, quite scared of him. I was um, pretty scared she, of him.
0: Hang on, what do you mean you interviewed Hugh Grant?
1: Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey were doing a, uh, a Guy Ritchie film, and they came in, and uh, Matthew McConaughey oh. was had sunglasses on indoors, which is always a, is a, 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 a red flag for me That's for a somebody. Worry. Uh, but yeah, Hugh way, was just his. Yeah. He's, he's the kind of person who he just kind of peers into your soul. He's he's he, he. doesn't take any messing, does he? Hugh Grant? I don't think.
0: No. Well, I've never met him. I can't believe you didn't tell me you were going to interview Hugh Grant, and I could have come to the studio and <laughs> pretended that I was there on on some mission, and
1: I could have watched him. <laughs> mission. Did he call? Did he call you Andy, or did he call you Bush? He never addressed me by name. He just stared at me quite a lot.
2: <gasps> oh God! I think and he's quite he hard.
1: I think he's quite hard. Like if I was, mm. if there was a fight. I think he can handle himself, Hugh Grant. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, and I think the older he's got, the more handleable
0: he is of himself. Yes, does that make any sense? At I, all? I, can, can I can I can imagine him like manhandling
1: you? you off his land. Like if you, if I had cut through. Oh, so yeah. this is a hypothetical situation. Yeah. Imagine I'm yeah. a rambler. You and I are ramblers. We've taken ramblers. A, a detour across the end of what we think is a fairly innocuous field. Before you know it, Hugh's upon us.
0: <laughs> we think we're on the Essex Way.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and you stop to have a sandwich and I do a bit of whittling and then Hugh appears and he's like, get off, get off me land and he throws us over a privet hedge or something like that.
0: Now, since he's been working with Guy Ritchie, I think the film was called Gentleman or something, wasn't it? Something
1: like that, Gentleman? yeah. Gentleman? Yeah.
0: Anyway, has he has he adopted, a, 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 you know, that sort of slight... Uh... That slight Mockney thing that, that, that the really posh people do when they want to, you know, sort of get in with people. And they're like sort of that, you know, they're in a pub and they're saying, um, could I have a pint of beer, please, mate? Is that sort of Mockney. Has he gone Mockney? He no, be... but he got some yeah, amazing go.
1: reviews for his, his um, like, EastEnders-like accent in that quite a few people suggested that he would he would be... Imagine Hugh Grant doing a bit of a stint on EastEnders. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Oh,
0: That'd
1: be good, wouldn't it? Would.
0: Um, You're a real Muppet. Um. Could you get out of my pub please, oh princess <laughs> uh yeah uh, could you um yeah, could you possibly um yeah, could you please get out of my pub <laughs> um yeah <laughs> I love Hugh Grant, Bushy, I love Hugh Grant, he is my favorite personality, I love him, can I confess something to you, bushy, and also to our amazing lovely dear podcast listeners i'm going to confess something to you right now, go, on. and it doesn't doesn 't paint me in a very good light, okay. <sighs> So, a few months ago, somebody got in touch with me that I hadn't heard from for ages, okay? And this person only gets in touch with me when she wants me to do something,
1: okay? Oh, okay, okay. Do you know what I
0: mean? One of those, one of those, yeah. So you get the email in the inbox and then there's a lot of sort of preamble of kind of, oh, Mel, darling, darling, darling. Oh, Mel, oh, love you, love you. Oh, gosh, Mel, we must have lunch. And you know the sting <laughs> in the tail is coming. She wants you to do something, OK? So anyway, I sort of scroll down through this gushing load of old, you know, bananas. Yeah. And, yes, there was the sting at the end. Could you host a charity dinner? Oh. Now, yeah, okay. I have to confess, <laughs> oh, oh. I, have to conf- <laughs> yes. I have to confess, my first thoughts were no, N- <laughs> not because I don't love charity. I do a lot of good stuff for charity. charity is. But hosting a charity dinner equals finding an outfit, getting a hairdo, putting on the makeup, having to go and basically, you know, schmoozle and woozle with a lot of, I'm sure, very lovely, good charity folk. Yes. That was my initial reaction. Was a no. Anyway, there was a little P.S. addendum at the end of the email, and guess what it said? What's that? Come on, mate. Come on, mate.
1: Um, P.S. Oh, my God. Hugh Grant would be there. Yes! You're joking.
0: It took you some time, Bushy, for the old cogs to get going within your your brain, but finally we got there. Yes, it said Hugh Grant was going to be present. (sighs) Oh! what have I said to this woman uh, about the charity dinner, about oh, hosting it? Have you? I'm there, mate. I said, of oh, course I'm there. Yes, of
1: course. That is outrageous. So the only, I don't want, you know, obviously charity's brilliant and all that kind of stuff, but the main, the, the only reason you're going to be doing this is Grant. so you can you can get up close and personal with Grant.
0: Mate, I'm going to have a full not facelift, but I'm going to have a facial peel. Oh, I'm going to literally lose a stone. I'm going to have a full, massive bouffant hairdo that makes me look about 30. I'm going to get the trendiest of clothes. Yes. I'll borrow off my sister or something. The dinner is cancelled, by the way, because of, um, of the lockdown. Oh, right. But I'm hoping it will... I'm hoping it will rise again around the Christmas period. So watch this space, chums. I'm going to meet Hugh Grant near Christmas. So to you,
1: Bush. Oh, but the, do you, this is the thing. Remember we talked to, on this me. podcast before about Alex James from Blur and the fact that I loved him, the bass player from Blur, and then when I finally got to meet him, I was a blathering wreck. Write down some stuff on a Post-it note that you got to speak to Hugh about. Like, first two questions, just a couple of icebreakers.
0: Now, talk about being a blathering wreck when you meet somebody. Uh, Bushy, I've got a bit of a surprise for you today on the old podders. Hugh Grant? Not Hugh Grant. Somebody dearer to our hearts and more important to our hearts for our quilting podcast. I've got somebody in our little Zoom waiting room. Uh, She's a knock, knock, knocking on the virtual door, (laughs) ready to come in and play with us and chat with us and, who knows, maybe even sew with us. I give you, my friend... Let's welcome her in. She is massive in the
2: world of quilting. Heather, come on in. Hello, I'm Heather Auden and I'm the curator of the Quilters Guild Museum Collection. Hello! Hello.
0: (laughs) Welcome. This is a first for us, Heather, because we've never actually had anyone apart from the two of us in the sanctum of quilt. So,
2: welcome. Thank you very much
0: for inviting me. Oh, <laughs> uh, Heather, this is Bush. Bush, this is Heather.
2: Hey,
1: Heather.
0: Hi. Can I just jump straight in there because Bush and I love quilting. We do. We've been doing this for twelve <laughs> episodes now. We absolutely love it. To be honest with you, Heather, we are. Let's say we're nigh on beginners at okay. the craft of quilting. <laughs> Um, I'd say I'm at sort of numpty level, right? Um, and Bush, what kind of level are you? Fool. at? Fool, just fool, fool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, we we are we're getting better. We're getting better. Yeah, yeah. Um, what first drew you into the world of quilting? What was it about it that you just that you just loved?
2: Well, I suppose it's sort of coming from the um professional side, really. So it's the the looking after the historic textiles and examples of patchwork and quilting. So. My background really is in uh, museums and historic costume to begin with. And there's an awful lot of crossover between historic costume and domestic textiles like patchwork and quilting because a lot of offcuts of furnishings and of dresses that you make go into making patchwork.
1: So, Heather, just a quick question. What's the most famous historical quilt? I mean, I went to see the Bayeux Tapestry on a school trip. Is that mm. is that a quilt or not? Bayeux? No, Bayer. Not,
2: not, Bayer. <laughs> not technically. So... We define quilts as having three layers. Um, so what? Can, yeah, so you've got a little bit more to go. Uh, <laughs> so Hang got, on. <laughs> Hold on Three a layers of patches? Well, there three layers in total, so there's kind of different terms for things, but an actual quilt tends to have a top, a bottom, and a middle bit, which is the, the right. warm, squishy bit. So what you're doing is patchwork, which is still fine, that's patchwork, but... It might not necessarily end up having three layers, so it might be a patchwork top or a coverlet.
0: <laughs> Hang on. So my friend Sid said this. She said, oh, no, you're not quilting, you're patchworking. Yeah. But this could be one of the layers which yeah. makes up the final quilt, which will get us to QuiltCon. Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. Okay. So, the, uh, so right. the, the name of our podcast is uh, a misnomer because we're not actually quilting. Is that what's, is that what you're uh, telling us here, Heather?
2: Technically, yes. <laughs> this is this is a, this yeah. is a
1: game changer. Yeah. This is...
0: This is this is ruddy. This is drama. This is jeopardy. Heather, the, the, you've,
1: you, the, I, I can't actually speak. What should we be calling it then? Mel Giedroych is is what?
2: It's patchwork.
1: Barking up is... the wrong tree.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, quite often they're used interchangeably. So a lot of people get confused. And quite often we call something a quilt or a patchwork quilt. Or So it, it is used quite interchangeably. But um, technically speaking, you need to have three layers in there. Um, right. With some stitches holding it together to make it a quilt.
0: Heather, what would you say is the most famous quilt currently in Britain?
2: I'd probably always say our most famous one is um, internationally significant. So it dates from 1718. So 1718 silk patchwork coverlet. Um, So it's a very, very old piece. And it's um, very, very rare surviving from that period of history. And it's got the date worked into the piece. So we know it was definitely made 1718. So that's a pretty famous piece, well known. And is its it, is it colourful? What does it look like? It's beautiful. It's incredibly colourful. So it's got lots of different colours of silks, like yellow and pink. It did have black, but the black is disintegrated. But it has some beautiful colours and it's just an absolute um, compendium of different designs. So it's got little people, it's got um, swans wow. and ducks and heart shapes and flowers. And it's just absolutely crazy. I think you either you either love it or you hate it when you look at the design. I think a lot of people really admire it but couldn't actually have it in their home. <laughs> what, is it a bit gaudy? Yeah, a bit it's, gaudy? there's just so a bit much gaud- going on. Yeah.
1: Mm. Bit busy. busy. It's busy. Fussy. It's busy. Fussy. Yeah. Fussy. It's definitely
2: Fussy. busy. Yeah, definitely busy. But it's beautiful.
1: One of the reasons uh, Mel and I got involved in the whole quilting thing is that we love the idea of of how it would have been back in the olden days where people would sit around and stitch and chat. Uh, And is that what it's always been? It's been like a social thing as well, doing this kind of work.
2: Yeah, it's very social, certainly in family groups. So you would um, pass on the skills to the next generation. You could sit and sew. I mean, there's not an awful lot to do in the evenings without uh, Netflix and other (laughs) entertainment that we have now. So um, sewing was definitely a skill specifically or, or quite often for, for female generations. Um, and it's a very sociable activity. And you could go and sew with friends. You could swap um, fabrics between the, all of you and and give your, give each other different bits of offcuts of dresses and that kind of thing. So it, it does have a very social side historically. And certainly now it has an incredibly social side as well.
0: And would men ever do it?
2: Yeah, they would. Um, so quite often we think of it as being a very female preserve. And in a domestic context, things that are made to go on beds, usually, um, or to decorate the parlour or living room tend to be quite a female pursuit because women tended to do a lot of sewing for the family. But you do get, um, quilts and patchworks made by men. Usually they're a bit more professional, actually. So they are professional tailors or, um, they are, um, armed forces who would have to sew their own, Um, things and they would be able to sew and do bits of patchwork so you do get male makers uh, as well as female makers
0: and talking about it being very sociable and you know something that you associate with friendship and friends Mm. i just want to show you this i'll hold it up to the to the camera that little piece of uh, material there that patch that i'm working on is from my lovely one of my oldest oldest friends Sid. And that comes from a little dress of hers that she oh. always used to wear. Isn't that sweet? Oh, that's is cool, isn't
1: it? Quite cute, isn't it?
0: <laughs> very little. Nice. It's a red and white with little sort of like a little Grecian frieze. I like that. Beautiful. That's going in the quilt.
1: Heather, we've we've been completely bowled over by how lovely the quilting and crafting community are. We didn't realise it was such a, a vibrant scene. Yeah. People are, people are lovely though. They've been so encouraging. It's a nice bunch. Yeah. they're yeah. a nice bunch, aren't they?
2: They are a lovely bunch, and they're they're very encouraging. They're very willing to pass on skills and to pass on a bit of education and tips and and fabrics and to share things and they love sharing stories as well so um, they're a fantastic community to be part of
0: when they get together can they be quite raucous oh. have you ever been to a have you ever been to some craft nights that have gone really you know a, a bit madchester
2: uh well we have um we have an AGM every year um the quilters guild do so you have a a big meeting of of core people who go um, right, and they always have a big dinner, a uh, big gala dinner. Come on, spill, <laughs> Heather, spill. I,
0: well, <laughs> come on, Heather. Oh, Did yeah. you snog someone? Heather? <laughs> no, no, no. Heather.
1: I think what happens at the AGM stays at the AGM. Absolutely, by the of things it's smiling, a bit like
0: going to Las Vegas, so um, it's exactly Ooh. the same. And and Heather, where are you speaking to us from? I'm I'm noticing on the camera, it looks rather lovely. There's a little window yeah. and some stuff in frames.
2: Is this yeah. a special? Where are this you? is our hobby room at home. So, uh, me and my husband share a, a room on our own to do our hobbies in. So, um, I have a sewing desk, and he has a, a modelling desk. He does um, modelling. So, oh, wow! That's how
0: amazing. lovely to have a hobby room. And do you go there sometimes? Just to, it's, it's like a sort of. Is it like a sort of locker?
2: Is it like a sort of you know safe, safe space? It's a nice retreat if if there's too much um, you know show on the sheep going on on the TV or uh, <laughs> something uh-huh. like that. Just. Just popping into the hobby room. Do you have um, a um, Do you
1: have a tankard of <laughs> scotch hidden in one of your uh, like uh, material baskets or yeah. something? Like that?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Just for medicinal reasons.
0: Absolutely, purely. It's like the communications room in Yes Minister. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Where they keep popping in for a scotch.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little safe haven. It's a safe space in here. We have a little four-year-old girl, so. A lot of our time Aww. is spent with her, and she's just started sewing, actually, which is really nice. So oh, You've cute. got her going really yeah. young. That's
0: brilliant. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Get her going young. She's started on the machine, so that's good. With supervision, wow. of course.
1: Wow!
0: <laughs>
2: she's four years old on a sewing machine. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant.
1: Got 300 tracksuit tops to make for Adidas by the end of the week. She's going to yeah. get a move on.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need to get some money in, so I'm
0: starting it quite young. What are you creating at the moment? What is the work in progress for you in the hobby room at the moment?
2: I made a little pin cushion the other day, which is just...
0: Oh, show, show, show. Oh, that's
2: adorable. Awesome. Oh, my God, that's adorable. So, just, just a little... The detail on that. A little patchwork one. Is it corduroy or velvet or something? It's, um, it's actually a, a cotton. It's a William Morris fabric. It's dark green. It's a oh. bit of a dark camera. And it's just like a triangle patchwork with a bit of quilting that goes the opposite way.
0: That is really beautiful. And it's got that luscious Victorian William Morris. Is there a bird on there? There's a flower.
2: Yes, I love William Morris. Same.
0: Same. That is amazing. (laughs) Oh, gosh, you put us to shame. Show one of your patches, Bush. Come on, show one of your patches.
1: There you are. Look at that. Just, uh, it's my... This is uh, my eldest daughter's first ever proper grown-up bedding quilt thing. You know, they move from the cot to their own little cute mm. mini bed. So Just a bit of that. that that's nice. what we love about it, though, Heather, is every single little piece of material kind of tells a story, I guess, doesn't it, really?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody makes things for different purposes, don't they? So sometimes you make it for relaxation, sometimes it's to go on a bed because you've got a new decor in your room that's a very gift for somebody um historically you know you get a lot of recycling um so you get um bedding and, and furnishing fabrics and dress fabrics yeah. in different quilts and they're from different um things that you can remember so we have a fantastic one from the 1930s um it took this lady such a long time to do it because she had really bad arthritis in her hands so she sewed very very slowly but she used patches from all the dresses from when she was younger including oh. party dresses, um, everyday blouses and aprons from the 1920s and 30s.
0: Wow. And also amazing. this
2: amazing striped fabric, which is just a it's just a navy blue and white stripe which is quite boring in some ways but the story is that um, it's from a fancy dress costume and she went to a fancy dress party dressed as a deck chair, which is quite random. So um, <laughs> there's lots of different memories associated with the fabrics in there, which um, she sounds like she must be quite an interesting lady. But it's great to have all those memories tied up within all these different yeah. little bits of fabric.
0: It's amazing. We had a lovely lady that sent us her mum's wedding dress. Mm. Stuff like that, you know, really Mm. sort of precious stuff we're dealing with. I feel we have to handle it all very carefully.
1: (laughs) Heather, if there was one event that Mel and I need to go to to take our quilt to when we finally finish this thing, uh, what's the main event in the UK that we need to rock up at and and meet other people, other like-minded adults?
2: like-minded people, just like you. You need to go to the Festival of Quilts, which is in Birmingham. It's at the NEC, (gasps) so it covers, I think it's three whole... Of the NEC. So it's a huge, That's huge event. That's massive. A huge event. And how many people show up? That sounds
0: enormous.
2: I think it's something like 25,000 people <sighs> over four days. So Whoa. it's Whoa. it's a lot. And people will go, um, you know, all four days as well sometimes. So they'll go for the entire show. Um, and yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So you have um, lots of different competition categories, including. Um, uh, my first quilt category, which would be um, eligible, I think, wouldn't it?
1: Come on, oh, we're, in, quilt. we're
2: in, are <laughs> yes, 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 And then they have art quilts and they have young quilter competitions, so children get involved. They have galleries from famous quilters and artists. And they have uh, a lot of opportunities to go shopping as well, which is, is pretty fantastic. And we take the historic collection there too. So there's always a bit of um, his, history um, to see as well. That's well, brilliant. I hope it's clearly not going to happen. Well, is it going to happen this August? Probably no, not. Sad- sadly, it's been postponed oh. until next year. So it's going to be um, a, an even better and bigger show next year, I think.
0: It's going to be doubly good. <laughs> and I want to see you there, Heather. I'm assuming that I am invited. I'm, I'm inviting myself <laughs> and also yeah, Bush. definitely. You should definitely come along. I want to see you there with those quilters that you obviously got absolutely wrecked with because I know there's a story there that you're <laughs> not telling us. Yeah, come on,
1: come on, we're going to find out.
0: We're going to find out exactly what happened on that fateful night. Um, thank you so much for coming into our our quilting, our quilting area. It's been
2: a pleasure. Thank you.
1: I've got to ask you, Heather, what is what's is your, one last question, what is your husband's current project? You said he's modelling, what's he making at the moment? Lancaster oh. Bomber, what's he up to?
2: No, um, he builds things from scratch actually, so he does um, mainly post-apocalyptic scenes, which sounds quite bizarre, but um, wow. he's amazing, all, all the stuff that he does, yeah.
0: When, when you said your husband was modelling, yeah. I saw him as a, in a sort of
2: pair of of brief shorts yeah,
0: on the table being photographed. It's a by you. misconception.
2: Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time. It makes you both. Um, but yeah.
1: What goes on in the hobby room stays, stays in the, hobby, in the room. hobby room. Oh yeah.
2: Thank you so much,
0: Heather. Thank you. It was lovely to it was lovely to talk Thank to you. you.
1: Thank you, Thank Heather.
0: You. Stay safe. Happy Stay safe in lockdown. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, I've got to say. How nice, finally, Bush, to have a professional in our midst. No disrespect to your good self or, indeed, oh. to myself. But Heather knows what she's talking about. What about the old quilting festival?
1: Oh, man, that would be so, so good. Because you know, we, we've been quilting on our little room together, haven't we, really, for a long time. So it'd be great to get out there and, and meet uh, other fellow quilters.
0: Bushy, I wasn't too forward with her, was I, when I said, oh, and well, I'm coming to the quilting festival and so is Bush. Was that a bit forward? No, Feels no, I think
1: I, I felt like the signs were there from Heather that she uh, would be very welcoming for us. She seems like a nice, she seems like a good egg, doesn't she?
0: She's got hobby room. She's an absolute ruddy legend, mate, is what she is. Amazing to hear all the stuff that Heather was talking about, about sort of um, uh, quilts, quilts as part of your, you know, heritage, your heirlooms. Yeah. I mean, she's dealing with like 18th century quilts. Imagine that. Imagine the stains on that. Ooh, they were quite they were quite frisky in the 18th century. Before.
1: What kind of 18th century stains would be wine, baby chicken, drumstick? You know, like they was always seem yes. like a, a feast.
0: I think the stain of disappointment as well <laughs>
1: would often. Yeah, the the, the stain of, of that. Uh, religious panic.
0: Yes, the stain of regret. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, the stain Un- of fear. Stain of unrequited love. That's always a, oh, a yes. big one in the 18th century, wasn't it, as well?
0: And a lot of rouge. A lot of rouge. A lot of lot rouge. Of rouge. Applied to the cheeks and other parts of the body, there'd be a lot of rouge staining. (laughs) Amazing. I wonder if there's anyone out there, any of our listeners that have any sort of family heirloom quilts. That would be amazing to have a look at, wouldn't
1: it? Send us a little photo to our brilliant uh, Instagram page, at Mel G Quilting.
0: I don't know what's happening to me. I've just... I'm really speedy now at doing these patches. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm literally... I'm speeding.
1: I've done... One, two, three, four, five... Just in the course of this chat... I've yeah. done. I've done six. You're kidding. Which is pretty good for, for me. I think there was one episode where I didn't even do one, which you picked me up on <laughs> the, the episode after. So yeah. this is quite good work for me.
0: Bushy, that's a may. That is a brilliant. I've got some brilliant um, pink and brown, which is one of my favourite combos of colours. It's like those old toffees you used to get in the seventies. Oh hello, Nana, talking about your toffees. Oh yeah, she loves a toffee. Toffees. Although she in the can't 70s? eat them at the moment with the fall season, you know.
1: Mel, can I just say? I think I, I recognise the uh, dress that's just behind you.
0: Which one? This one? Pink. <gasps> yes. This pink and purple one.
1: Now, pink. is is that the dress that you were wearing in your isolation song contest entry on behalf of Italy that I watched just last Bush, night?
0: you are eagle of eye. Boom. I don't know if, if anyone saw that, but, um, yes, I was asked to represent Italy in the isolation song contest... <laughs> And it's still out there online. So do catch up with it. We're raising money for three really good things. The Trussell Trust, um, which uh, collects money for uh, food banks, for crisis, for homelessness and for refuge, which is the domestic violence charity. So they're three really, really good things to support, particularly at the moment with the current crisis. But anyway, back to the Caftan. Yes, it's vivid orange, mustard, green, pink, purple, ochre. um, And there's. Probably, yes, there's a little bit of pea green in there as well um, and it's got sort of quite odd pleats.
1: The scene the scene that you wear this in, there's there's like a, a bit towards the end of the song where you're... You, are you in your own back garden or front garden? Just a, a little Jesus Christ superstar-esque almost. Oh, thanks
0: for that. That is high praise, matey. Thank you very, very much. Pleasure. No, so we were given this challenge. We had a week to come up with a song, an original song, um, and record the song and then make a video to go with the song and then it all went into the competition, basically. So I got Italy, which I was really, really pleased about. Um, And we just, I mean, as a family, I have to say, I dragged them through. It was 10 days work, mate. (laughs) It was 10 days. It was brilliant, though. Oh, thank you so, so much. What a family project
1: to work on. I mean, it's all about, you know, keeping the kids entertained. Both your daughters had cameo roles in the video.
0: Yeah, so Floss was on cello. Uh, She was in the shower unit playing cello. As you do. Um, Little Veats was on drums. She was also head of makeup. I must give her that credit. Yes. Um, And we almost had an enormous, like, full flounce uh, in the makeup chair because I accused her of overusing, which is extraordinary because it's Eurovision, overusing the liquid eyeliner. <laughs> we had a massive tiff. We <laughs> fell out. We didn't speak <laughs> for about an hour. Um, it was, you know, we were a hair's breadth away from the whole project collapsing because we weren't speaking to each
1: other. Uh, I mean, I don't know a much very much saying. about um, how girls do their hair. Was your hair crimped? It looked like crimping going on in that.
0: Matey, that was a hairpiece. Was it really? That was a full hairpiece that my neighbour, Jackie, lent to me. We used it at a school murder mystery evening. We did a 70s murder mystery (laughs) evening about 12 years ago. I'd remembered this. I called over the fence. Oi, Jax, can I borrow the 70s hairpiece? It flew over the fence, gave it a little (laughs) bit of a brush out, and there it was. I clipped it in. I'm so glad you thought that was my own hair. I thought
1: that was your hair. I've never heard of anyone borrowing a hairpiece off their neighbour before, but hey... (laughs) These that's are strange why,
0: times bushy these that's are strange why I love you, times and then and then dear dear lovely ben my husband um sorry that sounds really patronizing dear dear ben lovely ben dear um
1: lovely, lovely ben
0: ben filmed the whole video on his
1: iphone mate Do you know what i noticed i noticed his um uh, producing directing credit at the end and i was like fair play to yeah. him getting back involved bearing in mind you cut the back of his shirt off for this particular project <laughs>
0: I know, I know. No, the exciting thing is, though, you can still vote. Now, listen, I personally deplore any sort of whiff of block voting. The the late, great Sir Terry Wogan shared my views on this. Block voting, oh, absolutely not. But listen, if you want to vote for Italy, then please do. You can still vote till May the 22nd. Go to isolationsongcontest.com and it'll show you how to vote. But make sure you vote for Italy, not the others.
1: That's it. I, I voted last night. I donated oh, as well. Which is great. A, it was it It's a brilliant video. Did, did Italy have any, like, you know, back in the Eurovision days, did Italy have... Who were they, like, in cahoots with? Because everyone's always Ooh. in a bit cahoots with everyone. Who votes for them and they vote for the
0: other oh, person? Oh, that's really interesting. I don't think they ever had a particularly sort of blocky thing going on. I mean, they haven't done historically terribly well um, in the Eurovision. Uh, there was a guy in a gorilla suit three years ago, was it, oh. who everyone was making a big noise about. He was doing a sort of Desmond Morris... <sighs> type thing and he had a dancing gorilla but I'm afraid he fell by the wayside Oh bless him.
1: I've always wanted to go to the bit in Eurovision, you know the bit where all the bands are sat in those circular tables The Green Room. Is that the Green green Room? room. I'd love to go to that bit.
0: Right, Bushy we'll make it happen. You and I one day will go to the Eurovision when it's happening because obviously it's not happening this year it was supposed to be in Rotterdam Um, sadly it's not but the isolation song contest maybe will fill that little sequined gap Non vedo l'ora. Non vedo What does that mean in Italian by the way? I can't wait. I can't wait till my cleaner gets back. Non vedo l'ora che torni la mia donna delle pulizie. I've it. lost my needle bush. I'm sorry.
1: It's gone. She's on all well, fours in the nook.
0: We've got it. Uh, can I just say I'm sewing a patch? Now this might not look anything special. Can you see that? It's sort of Creamy coloured with brown split. Is it camo? It. it looks
1: a bit camo from Sli- here.
0: slightly camo. Uh, my dad, my my lovely dad, brought this back from I think it was Morocco. It was a jalabba, which is like a sort of big dressing gown. Oh wow. That people love wearing. Um and he brought himself a jalaba, and he brought my mum a matching jalaba And this was his, this was his jalabba, and
1: it's going into the quilt. Bless you. What was he doing over in Morocco? What was he up to?
0: He never said. We didn't want like to ask. I uh, no, he was doing business. Was he was doing business? Yeah, he was a he was a consultant engineer, um, and he was out in all. And he went to loads of different places all around the world. And um, oh, mate, I've done that thing again. I've not got enough room to do the corner. I'm gonna have to. You start can do it. Again. You can still. You no. do some
1: good hospital corners, Mel. You can do this. No,
0: I can't. Mate, I can't. No, I can't. Crisis of confidence. Can't. I know. On my on my dad's jalaba, no way, man.
1: Added pressure because of the emotional attachment to yes, exactly. said piece.
0: Exactly, I'm going to have to cut that. And now, listen, we need a piece of material from your mum and dad's past. I want yeah. to see something of Nige and also something of Geraldine. So my, my, my
1: dad, obviously a mustachioed Scouser uh, from Liverpool for our... Um, we obviously started talking about the Beatles at the beginning of this little podcast. Uh, he's, he has always worn shell suits. He's worn a lot of shell suits in his time. I know it's like a bit of a uh, a, a joke thing, but no. my, my entire memory of, of my dad when I was a kid is that he had a lot of shell suits. Oh,
0: matey, is there any way that you could possibly, maybe not this (laughs) series of the podcast, because I think the post will be a bit too slow, but is there any way for next series of featuring a bit of Nigel's shell suit, mate? That wouldn't that be good? The original, the original.
1: Oh, yeah, it would be
0: absolutely amazing.
1: You'd have to have some kind of warning with the quilt not to have a lit flame anywhere near it, because the quality-wise, it would go up like a Roman candle.
0: (laughs) But also, also, mate, really hard to sew. It'd be
1: slipping all over the shop. Well, you see, I, I think my in my journey through stitching these things together, I've have decided. I think I started with too many difficult fabrics at the beginning. So I'm growing great <sighs> guns now with more run of the mill fa- fa- fabrics. Yeah. I've learned. I've learned during this. You know listen, what I mean?
0: Listen, listen. Let's take ourselves back to episode one. The Everton football shirt, mate, which yes. is slippy, which is nylon, which yep. is very, very hard to control. Mm-hmm. And that was the first patch that you ever sewed, and you did it, mate, with the blooming cresting on it as well.
1: Thank you very much, Mel. I'm, I'm in awe much.
0: of you, Bushy, and your oh, skills.
1: God bless you. I feel like um, I've been slightly your, your pupil. You've, you've taught me. I've got through the, the bumpy. I remember I had a real crisis of confidence about four or five episodes ago.
0: I remember, mate. I, remember, I was worried about you, actually. I thought, oh, we've lost him. We've lost him. We've got to, we've got to bring him back into the nether regions of the quilting community <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. otherwise we'll lose him forever. He'll go down some silk wormhole.
1: That's it. And, what, and what, what our listeners didn't see between podcasts, I was taking lots of uh, solitary walks on beaches with, like, you know, that music in the background as <laughs> yes. so I looked out to see, that kind of stuff. In linen trousers. Linen trousers, yeah. Just thinking. Just thinking.
0: Now, Bushy, I'm sorry, you're now my confessor. There is an element of confessional, isn't there, in the quilting arena? I love that, in our little womb. I think we so. We tell each other stuff. We tell each other stuff that we wouldn't normally tell each other, I think. Yeah. I now feel bad that the only reason I've said that I'm going to host the charity dinner is because I know that Hugh Grant's going to be there. Is that really shallow and awful of me? Please, I need absolution, mate.
1: No, I feel... It, we've talked about this on a number of occasions. This is not the first time you've professed your um, your your love for Hugh Grant and I couldn't believe you've never met him. And I, I feel it is your destiny. When you get an opportunity in life comes up and I think one thing this whole lockdown has taught us is to, you know, grasp opportunities with both hands. Uh, there's a chance Are you of getting saying I should
0: grasp Hugh Grant. Grasp him with, with both, both hands.
1: With both. But <laughs> mate, I'm
0: now I'm now scared because you've told me what I sort of feared, which is he might be a bit difficult.
1: I, I think I but once you crack I think if you if you're a bit cheeky with him Do you think get him, that
0: could backfire, mate? That
1: could I don't backfire. Know. I think you've you've got the you've got the skills, Mel, you've got the you've got the chance know. to be able to win him no. over. No, I tried that with Mark
0: Ronson and look what happened.
1: It was very, very
0: bad. Oh, no, matey. No, okay, OK, so I'm going to need a lot of advice and help and also beauty products. I'm actually going to go on a full-scale, ruddy renovation job before I meet Hugh Grant. Full renovation. You won't recognise me, mate. I'll look, I'll look like one of the Kardashians. You won't even know who I am. Uh, lads, big news. I've finished uh, two patches... Of my dad's uh, Moroccan Jalaba from the 1970s.
1: Wow, look at it. It's a really cool colour.
0: And then with the others I've been doing, I've done seven patches just in one episode. Which brings me, Bushy. Okay, we need to have a bit of a uh, Mel Gerd quilting AGM, mate. The time the time is ripe. Okay? Okay. We've got all these patches. We've been talking about the patches. We've been sewing the patches. We've learnt. We've done amazingly. I'm going to big us up. We've done really, really well. We've got to put them together now.
1: We've got to put them together. I'm We've really concerned. we to together, mate. Really concerned.
0: Listen, by the end of this series, which will happen quite soon, my friends, after episode 13, that will be the end of series one. We need to have a composite piece of quilt. It doesn't have to be enormous. It doesn't have to be the size of the Taj Mahal, but it's got to be something.
1: Which I I was visited in a dream a couple of nights ago by my old uh, home economics teachers, Mrs. Glendon and Mrs. Allen. And I just felt like they were doubting, you know, well, Andrew's got all the squares together, but he hasn't got what it takes. He hasn't got the dexterity, has he, Mrs. Allen, to stitch them together? It'll never
0: no, amount to no, anything. No, he hasn't, Mrs. Glindon. No, he hasn't. I always said he'd come to nothing. I always said he'd just be a
1: patcher, but not, not an actual sewer together. The real the real test, is not it, Mrs. Allen, is when you got to stitch the squares together. I don't think Andy's got what it takes, has he, Mrs. Glindon?
0: Well, you know, he just never had the, he never had the tenacity, Mrs. Glindon, did he? He'd sit there in the corner of the room, couldn't even thread a sewing machine together. Do you remember that, Mrs Glindon?
1: I absolutely know what you mean, Mrs Allen. He's too interested in football, isn't he, Mrs Allen? He's wasting his time here in quilting.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> How that's... we shall laugh, Mrs Glindon. How we shall laugh when he has a load of patches, not even... I've gone Liverpoolian, and not even <laughs> sewn together.
1: Mrs Glindon. Hello there. It's like Blind Date with Cilla Black.
0: <laughs> but matey, are Glindon and Allen still alive? Yes, they are. They'll probably be listening. Yeah. They probably listen to everything you do. Mm-hmm. So for them and for them alone, we must pledge to ourselves, this is episode 12, that by the end of episode 13, we will have some quilt sewn together. Yeah? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Look, punch the screen. Just just fist bump Whoa. me. Fist bump there. Yeah, okay? Grr, boom. Right, we've done that, so we've got to adhere
1: to that, okay?
0: It's been a very very busy episode.
1: Hasn't it's it? been a lot going on, hasn't
0: it? There have been confessions. We've had a special guest for the first time ever. New patches have been made and pledges have been forged. Bush, I shall see you at episode thirteen. I look forward to that.
1: And you too, Mel. Stay safe.
0: And to our amazing listeners, please, all of you, stay safe. Uh, keep quilting. Keep relaxing. Uh, keep listening, obviously. Um, and we'll 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 convene all of us again. Uh, next time for episode 13. Mel Gedroich's Quilting is a Something Else production. Our producer was Zoe Edwards, Andy Bush was on it, Mel Gedroich was on it, and our enormous cheese, Chris Skinner, was executive producing.